Episode 6 of Mad Unreal, we are back. My name is Arthur, and on the other side of my screen is Isaac with the Fly Batman t-shirt on. Mm, the Black Man t-shirt. <laughs> Gotta send them to the website, man. Go ahead and tell them where they can get it. Yeah, nation19.com. Nation, N-A-T-I-O-N, dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, uh, to the fam at Nation19, we accept free t-shirts. <laughs> we oh we Unreal. do <laughs> yeah, yeah what you got on do. what's that a I'm, Yale t-shirt I'm you like the opposite yeah, spectrum I'm, of me I'm, I'm you you got on the Yale t-shirt today or the Yale sweater in Arizona yeah it's just two two, two different types of elitism um, <laughs> right right when my younger brothers went to uh, went to Yale so um yo let's I mean we got a lot to get into on this show so let's let's dive do right we? in um we do and first of all. A little bit of um, of housekeeping. I know we had talked about it last show, but I want to remind people because now we are post um, the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, which we're going to dive into today, um, along with a little extra something at the end. But I want to remind people that on um, January 1st, New Year's Day, um, you know, post the entire Mandalorian first season and post um, The Rise of Skywalker, we are going to be dropping a very special all Star Wars episode that's going to recap and, you know, give our thoughts and opinions and um, feelings on, you know, Rise of Skywalker and um, the first season of Mandalorian. So look out for that. We'll be talking about it some more. But, you know, leading up to that, we'll be, you know, doing some Mandalorian um, here, here, there, here and there and um, giving our thoughts and opinions on it. But, yeah, that 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 episode on January 1st is going to be all Star Wars. So one is to remind people that and then also. Where are you at? I don't know where you're at on the Watchmen on not the Watchmen, but Watchmen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a episode maybe two. I think it's like tonight. I think as we record this tonight, episode five drops. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm probably one, maybe two episodes behind. I think I, I think I've seen three episodes. So you sound you I'm look like you, you, you're a little bit further behind than I am. Yeah, I'm at episode two. I mean, I'm 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 laughing because as soon as. Disney Plus got released. It was like I'm not even thinking about <laughs> right. It's like who? I'm not even thinking about how to properly say the name of the title. <laughs> That's a shame too. That's a shame. You know what though? Here's okay. Let me ask you this: How is your? Well, let me let me finish my original thought. We are going to do some Watchmen recap. You know, we're going to catch mm-hmm. up to Watchmen, and then I want to. I don't know. I haven't looked at their schedule. I'm not sure if the Watchmen is going to go. Um, full on into the holidays or if they're going to take a break for a couple weeks because sometimes some of those HBO shows they may take a break for a couple weeks and then finish out after the holidays so I'm not sure what they're going to do um, but we are going to do Watchmen recap um, we're going to recap um, Raising Dion I'm still in Raising Dion so when that's done we're going to recap that um, and give our thoughts on the on those shows so just you know just a reminder to look out for that um, I'm sure some of you guys are completely done with Dion and, and are all caught up on Watchmen. So I didn't want you guys to think that we have forgotten about these shows. Um, we are going to dive into them um, at some point in the future. But let me ask you, what's your your Disney Plus experience so far has been what? Have you had any uh, issues? Because I know like launch day, there was there was some problems. Yeah, launch day, just because I have no patience, I did go and see if I could uh, sign in. But, you know, uh, to my credit, it was it, it was my friend Greg who had um, already logged in, mm-hmm. and I mean we're talking about seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. 
and on a what on a Wednesday when they launched. <laughs> right, because they and launched so, it was know, like I, three a.m., three a.m., four a, two a.m. Eastern, Eastern, and then two a.m. Chicago time, Central. I remember they launched, and uh-huh. of course, I, I was asleep. I didn't, you know, I woke up the next day and it was like, oh, I can go ahead and download it onto my phone now because it's available. Yeah. And a lot of people did have uh, did have problems. And I, I was I was talking to um, talking to uh, an acquaintance who um, professionally deals with cloud services uh, at his place of business. And he was saying that that even though you can anticipate, um, you know, you can anticipate overage and and, you know, getting slammed, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to just roll over to fail safe measures to scale and to properly um load balance right, right. even at even at disney money level mm-hmm. i mean and you knew I, that you knew they were going to have issues you know what i'm saying you knew there was going to be some problems they had 10 million subscribers i think on on you know right off uh day one on jump i think they had 20 or 10 million so you knew there was going to be issues um i personally i didn't experience i did experience some bugs even this morning i was watching mm-hmm. some um I was rewatching the Mandalorian episodes and there was a couple bugs um, just in playback. So, you know, there's there's some issues. They 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 so new, man. It's like Netflix has been in this game for a long time. You know, you mm-hmm. could drop you could probably drop the rise of Skywalker on Netflix today. You know what I'm saying? Just drop it today and they'd be straight, even though globally you could drop it globally on Netflix and yeah. it probably wouldn't crash, you know, because they just Netflix has that that infrastructure and that experience. But yes. Disney is new to this game. So, so I mean, for me, though, like you said, it made you forget about everything. It kind of, you know, it did make me like I jumped in and I was just, you know, moving around within the app and looking at everything that's available and just surprised by a lot of the stuff that I didn't know was going to be on there, even though I kind of mm-hmm. skimmed that list. You know, the mm-hmm. old X-Men cartoons, Spider-Man cartoons from back in the 70s and 80s, you know, stuff I haven't seen since I was, you know, five years old or whatever. It was like, it was like, whoa, I can get nostalgic up in here as well as, you know, catch this new stuff. So I got kind of lost into, I watched that. I told you before I watched that Jeff Goldblum show, not something I thought yeah, I would watch, I saw the, but I watched I it. I saw that, that epi- what, the sneaker episode. What did you think? Day. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't informative, but it was entertaining, right? It was. Yeah, it was entertaining. I was a little, I, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't any regard for, uh, for hip hop or hip hop culture mm-hmm. as being a vehicle for the sneaker phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, a, that's not the purpose of the show. And, and B, it did not distract from the, from the level of entertainment and the diversification of what Goldblum did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause um, he didn't moderating and, uh, you know, taking you through these different worlds, right. street ball, custom sneakers, uh, technology and how sneakers are even designed at the company level. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I, I agree with you as far as the not bringing in the the hip hop culture aspect was kind of like what's up with that. But then also, mm-hmm. I like the fact that he hung out when he went out to hang out with those brothers on the court. It wasn't like oh, I'm gonna go hang out. They didn't like you know bill it like it was some you know here's I'm gonna go catch the hip hop aspect of this or the basketball. He just showed up and it was like oh now he's with these dude you know these dudes talking about it. Um, and the sneakers that they're wearing on the court. So that was right. That was kind of, I mean, listen, it was a glossy. And could, and could play. And could play ball. Oh, yeah. And he, he better at that. Because, well, he's like six. <laughs> I forgot how tall he is, but he better be able to play. But, yeah, he, he, had, a, he, had, a, he had a little game, you know, a little bit. Um, but it was, you know, it was a glossy Apple TV type, you know, thing, Disney Plus type thing. You know, it just felt very glossy and polished. But it was cool. You know, it was like whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. But I, you know what, man, I've been so you know HBO. Um, I, I, I just started uh, HBO Succession. I don't know if you watched that. Jay got me on it. 
Um, I just started that like a couple weeks ago. So I'm deep in a succession. So I didn't completely forget about other stuff that I'm watching. But yeah, Disney Plus kind of it does. You know, that launch was big and it did pull me yeah. in for, for a few days. So um, well, even for me, I mean, I'm just about uh, I've got one episode left for the uh, for Veep. And I believe that that's the series mm. finale. And then after that, I'm going to run through uh, the final episode. Um, excuse me, the final season of Silicon Valley. Mm. Yeah, see, I got uh, I got to get back in Veep. And then I'll probably jump back into Watchmen. Mm. Yeah, I got to get back into Veep, too. So, all right, yeah, all that to say, um, we haven't forgotten about Watchmen, Raising Dion. We're going to jump into those. But today, um, we're jumping into something immediately today that um, launched on Disney Plus on launch day. So, Let's um. How about we get started and uh kick this off uh immediately? All right. So yo, it's Mad Unreal episode six. Let's go. Full disclosure: this is a spoiler laden episode. Yeah. We do yeah. not care if you have not seen the Mandalorian. Yeah, if you um, yeah, we're going spoiler heavy on this. So if you have not seen the first two episodes, because there's only two available as of this recording, there's only been two episodes dropped. Um, if you have not, if not seen them and you don't want to be spoiled, then you need to fast forward probably to the midway point of this episode, because um, we're gonna talk about this for the next thirty forty minutes. So, um, yeah, so don't don't listen. Come back after you watch those first two episodes. Come back and uh, check this episode, this first half of this episode out. So, yo, right off the bat, first thing I got to ask you, first thing I want to talk to you about, episode length. How surprised, first episode, 39 minutes of The Mandalorian, second episode of Mandalorian, because first episode dropped on Tuesday, second episode Mm -hmm. dropped on Friday, Mm -hmm. second episode was 32 minutes long, I believe. I thought it was 27. No, I believe it was 32. I mean, I'm, I'm counting the credits probably too. So we're talking, mm, you know, right. plus, and the end credits are dope because they have those, you know, they show you that concept. The illustrations. Art. Yeah, yeah. The concept arts. That's cool. So how surprised or concerned or how do you feel about this episode length of these first two episodes? Episode length didn't bother me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did varying lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, the episode one being longer than 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 episode two i don't think that that was necessarily a a fluke i think they are going to spend as much time within reason as they need to chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter Mm -hmm. um i think it's good i think it's a good do i want it to be longer sure absolutely but you think it's going to vary you think the episode length is going to vary i think it will vary how do you think greatly like one or no, two minutes, no, or no. Like I mean, I think 10, 15 minutes. Like, how do you think? Yeah, I mean, there? you know, within, yeah, within, you know, within a, you know, like around a, you know, a 12 minute mm-hmm. variance See, I, between I, the two. I, I actually think it's going because I was actually surprised because, like, you, I, I thought it was going to be at least 50 minutes, you know, 50 minutes mm-hmm. an episode, if not 55. Um, I was, or maybe even 60. But I don't recall. Do you recall, like, oh, you know, because we've been talking about this for months, you know, leading mm-hmm. up to this. Do you recall any articles? Do you recall any warning that these episodes are going to be this short? No, I think everybody just assumed that they were going to be hour length. Right. Everybody assumed that. that. Nobody corrected. There's nothing from Lucasfilm or Disney to say, nah, these are going to be this length. I don't I don't recall ever seeing anything. Yeah. But still, I mean, granted, it is their first. It is Lucasfilm's first 
live action series, but it's not their first series. Clone War episodes were about the same length. Right, animated. Rebels though. X, <clears throat> Rebels. Just, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD episodes were about were about that length. Mm-hmm. So, I think this comes down. They know to, how to tell the story within that time frame. I think this comes down to money. I think that if you look, they're spending a tremendous amount of money on this show because they yeah. they they did not want this, and I I I'm glad that they're doing it. I agree with their thinking 100. percent that mm-hmm. they wanted to make sure that this aligns with the films as much as possible. You know, in terms of the the presentation, the presentation, and the, level of the, the, the feel, and, the mm-hmm. texture of it, the tonality. You know, everything mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a you know no shade, but it doesn't look like a CW version of you know uh, Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? It's sure. like they're not mm-hmm. they want to say, and, and I think that from a marketing standpoint, you're protecting your brand. It's very smart to do it this way. But mm-hmm. I also think that they had a conversation at some point. It's like, look, if we're going to dump this amount of money into the show, it has to spread over this many, you know, it has to last for this. So it's like you can either have five, you know, one hour episodes or we can do mm-hmm. eight 30 to you know, 35 to 40 minute episodes. And mm-hmm. I think they chose the latter because they wanted to have those eight episodes and they wanted they didn't want to cut that budget. They didn't want to have to um, cut back on special effects. Because if you mm-hmm. look at, you know, everything from his ship to the short flights that we've seen um, from planet to planet so far, um, the creature, the rat, whatever the hell the name that thing was, it jumped out of the ice. To, we'll get to it yeah. in a minute. But that 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 creature looked to me better than some of the stuff I've seen in, say, Solo, um, mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. some of the effects mm-hmm. that I saw in Solo. Mm-hmm. And even it was it felt that creature felt more um threatening to me than those things that were in uh the first episode or the uh, uh the force awakens on uh solos uh that that uh ship that they had and they you know those creatures that was yeah the things that got out that, that yeah i can't that remember what the hell the name what the, was smuggling right uh-huh. whatever the name of those things these that creature um in the first episode of mandalorian just it just felt more real to me so they're, they're spending money. So I think the episode length comes down to them saying we can't we can't we can't do eight episodes, 60 minutes on and spend this type of money on each one. So we've only got X, you know, 100, 200, 300, whatever million dollars are spending on this this series. So it has to spread out. So let's do eight episodes of 40 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm like you, though. I was I was a little thrown off. Um, like, oh, this is why is this so short? Well, do you know anything about how they filmed? I know they filmed primarily in California, but I don't know um, other, you know, all the, because I've spent the last year, man, kind of avoiding shit, like trying not, trying right. not to read so much and trying not to, you know, get so much information about it because I wanted to have some element of surprise when I, when I watched it. And I'm, I'm glad I did that. But yeah, I don't know um, specifically how they went about the, uh, the production. Um, I mean, I'm wondering if I'm, uh, because John Favreau, as a film director, mm-hmm. um, I wonder if he looked at it as okay. I'm gonna make you know I'm gonna make a four and a half hour Star Wars film, right? It's- and I'm gonna and, and and I'm gonna yield six to eight episodes mm-hmm. from that, um, similar to Peter Jackson doing the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, right. filming so all three films. Right. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna make boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna make a a t- 10 to 12 hour film mm-hmm. the only thing I can see I, I get what you're saying the only problem I see with that though is we got different directors so Dave Filoni directed the first episode which right. by the way was his first live action that was his debut in live action directing 
which I think it was I think it was a very good episode. I think that he is going to get better as a director because I can yeah. see the difference between him and what he did in episode one and what Rick uh, I always mess my man's last name up Fumayala. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't say uh huh. Just, <laughs> like, just <laughs> you left you left me out here. I was like, <laughs> um, we, we'll get it right, Rick. Oh, you know, you know my man, Rick. Yeah, him. Yeah, but that's lazy. I don't want. I don't want. I'd rather go out in flames. Familia. Somebody correct me on that. Familia. That's what I'm rolling right. with. It's, it's a shame because he's been around for a long time. Done a lot of. He's been around things. for a long time. Directed dope. But you can see the difference between what he did with episode two. And what uh, Filoni did with episode one, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. just a level of, you know, episode two was just a, a, a step up. You know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, this cat, yeah, this is this hardly is, any dialogue, hardly right. any dialogue. Right. And this this cat is it's just a little bit more polished. And he's you know, this is a director who knows his way around this a little bit more than Filoni does. So it was cool. But, yeah, that's the only problem I see with um, I see what you're saying about maybe that's the way that Favreau approached it. But then you got mm-hmm. different directors. So. But but to your point, he may still have looked at it as okay. This is going to be a four hour long movie, and we're going to do it. You know, we're going to separate it in chapters. Um, so yo, I mean, that's a good segue though. You talked about the the silence. That's when episode one when he steps into that cantina. Which by the way, I, what planet was that? Well, that wasn't Hoth. That wasn't Hoth. The ice planet in episode one. Mm-mm. That wasn't Hoth. No. Okay, I don't know what planet, because I don't I don't think anybody said what planet that was. But anyway, no. he steps in that cantina and immediately you hear Gorenson's score come in with the uh, Ludwig Gorenson score comes in, excuse me, with that kind of like space western feel. Okay, yeah. and then there's very, there is dialogue, but it's kind of sparse and it's not, it's not in the same sense of the, you know, the Star Wars kind of dialogue that we have mm-hmm. from, you know, all these trilogies, these three trilogies. You, it's just different from the get go. And there's a lot of silence. The the Mandalorian himself barely says anything um, within right. the first few minutes. Um, and when he says something, you can tell it's basically him saying only what needs to be said. So very I mean, from the get go, you get that Favreau has said, you know, look, this is going to be. A you know he's he's admitted his his influences as being you know the spaghetti westerns, um, mm-hmm. Sergio Leone, uh, Leone, uh, you know the Clint Eastwood stuff, Man with No Name, um, and the Ennio Morricone feel to the soundtrack that Gorenson captured. Right, you know, and and that's 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 very it's a stark difference from anything we've seen with Star Wars. Even mm-hmm. I, I would agree, I would say even. It's a difference between, you know, you remember when Logan came out last year, the year before, mm-hmm. and everyone was saying, you know, it's a Western, it's a Western, it's a superhero Western. And I, I got that, you know, I, I, I understood that analogy, but this is a Western, you know, this, the Mandalorian is, is really leaning heavily into those influences. Um, and like I said, everything from the, the silence, the lack of dialogue, the lone warrior, um, the level of trust in between the level Characters. of trust, the violence, that first scene, mm-hmm. bro, he's, dude gets cut in half. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dude gets cut in half. Um, other dude gets his arm broke off. Uh, creature eats the guy who just gave them a ride. You know, it's just like yeah. there's a level of there's a level of a threat level in this series that I don't necessarily feel from some of the others. Even though mm-hmm. people get whacked all the time in Star Wars, you know, uh, left and right. right. You know, some of our some of our heroes are the, are some of the most murderous cats. Um, you know, one of my favorite Clone War scenes ever is when Ahsoka takes off uh, three, uh, takes off the head, takes the head off of three guys in one one scene. You one know, move. one move. Yeah. 
Um, but this, there's just a threat of violence here, a threat level that you don't necessarily associate with Star Wars, but you get that immediately um, from the get go. Did you? Did, I mean, did you feel that too? Yeah, it's a, it's much more uh, tangible threat level. Um, the bartender trying to mitigate the tension that was building <laughs> mm-hmm. between the Mandalorian. Right, it's and, all right, it's uh, all right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I got you covered. Right. You know what? The drink's on <laughs> right. me. The drink's on me. <laughs> Don't fuck up my bar. Right, please. Right. Because right. they were about to cut, they was about to kill the dude uh, for his gills. They were going to cut, you know, his gills and, you know, sell the, the musk or whatever. Sell the musk. Uh-huh. So he's about to slice them up real quick. And you think, you know, oh, is this the Mandalorian was like intervening and just to intervene? Oh, no, this is his bounty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, you get that that kind of feel immediately. So how, let me ask you this. How did you feel about the music? You know, how did you feel about Gorenson's score as soon? Because, again, you you know, it, it jumped from right from the jump. You can understand that this is different. This ain't John Williams. You know, this is a very no. different feel. Um, no. So. And I don't think it should be. I think it I think it does need to be, a, you know, a little a little restrained. Um, he uh, I, I like the score. An interesting way that that Disney's distributing this, I found that there are a, there's a score for each chapter that's available that I found available in Apple. Right, Music. right, yeah. You text me that, right. and it's roughly the running length of the show itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I've listened to chapter one more than chapter two, not necessarily by design, but um, it listening to the listening to the score. I recall scenes from the episode mm-hmm. and I do think that that is a sign of a good score mm-hmm. where there's this symbiotic relationship between what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Did you find um, yourself missing any of the whole Williams, you know, No, feel? because I don't think that this needs that kind of fanfare. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, the, the, the films, the films cover... It's almost almost like a like a like a James Bond production where we're in so many different environments. Mm-hmm. You know, here even though you do go from 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 planet to planet just between the first two episodes, he never went to more than what three places max. Yeah, so you're saying that the tone and he spends a lot to... of time right. in those. He spends a lot of time in those locales. Right. So the tone doesn't need that to so shift. Far. It doesn't need to shift you know, so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, but the films themselves, being that they're flagship, they have a certain level of 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 treatment mm-hmm. that they that 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 they're um, the. Certain le- not tribute, certain level of presentation that they're that they are presenting mm-hmm. to the audience, and it's epic. You know, it's big. It's you know the epic, giant. That's yeah, the word. There's a big. There's a a big feeling and a big scale to those scores. I will say though that in the climactic moments of both episodes, when I guess I don't know if it's being called the Mandalorian theme or whatever it is, the Mando theme. I'm not sure what it's called, but when his theme music kicks in, basically. Um, and it mm-hmm. happens really, I think it only happens twice. I think it happens once in episode one. And I know in episode two, it happens at the end um, when he's, you know, finally lifting off from the planet after repairing his ship. Um, it's that dun, 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 that type of that type of joint. Yeah. So w- the first time I heard it, I think because my ears are John Williams spoiled when it comes to Star Wars, I was like, that's flat. That's not, you know, that's not mm-hmm. as impactful as you know Darth Vader's theme or you know what I'm saying it's not as impactful mm-hmm. as Leia's theme it's just not it's not hitting like that but then I have to say man this the second time I watched both episodes I felt it 
and it felt appropriate and it felt tangible to me. It felt real. Mm -hmm. It felt right for that character. And I found myself, um, not necessarily getting excited, but feeling the, you know, the reason they're playing is because they want you to feel that elation or that kind of like, um, the momentum of the narrative, like, boom, you know, yeah. something big mm-hmm. just happened and now we're moving into something, you know, something that's momentous, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. I felt that. So, you know, I think that it's doing its job and I think it's very appropriate for this character. And listen, I know we're going to talk about this some more, but this is what we've been, this is what we've asked for. You know what I'm saying? This is Correct. what we, Star Wars fans have been saying for years Let's, you know, expand the universe. Let's dive into other corners. Let's see, you know, in live action, let's see these different mm-hmm. things. And then this is the first live action TV series. So I felt like we, even myself, I felt like, you know what? I was telling myself, you have to be open to, this is not going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be different. And as long as it's good, you have to accept that it's not going to be um, the same or connected to um, thematically to some of these other Star Wars uh, uh, corners of the Star Wars universe. And mm-hmm. once I did that, I was able to enjoy it even more. And I was like, I'm really, I'm, I'm liking this, this world. I'm liking, you know, walking alongside this character um, who is very different. So does it bother you that after two episodes, um, you have yet to see the Mandalorian's face? No, because, and that's, I'm glad you said that because one thing that this has definitely made me do, because you know, I'm about to jump into Rebels pretty soon. I've not seen Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. So I mentioned on the last show, that's something that's high on my list. It's on Disney plus. Um, Matter of fact, I may start tonight. So Star Wars Rebels, I know heavily features some Mandalorian culture, Star Mm -hmm. Wars, Clone Wars featured heavily featured Mandalorian culture. So I, I am familiar with Mandalorians and they're um, very they have a very unique culture as you can see from these first two episodes the whispers that that are around him and some of the things that some of the other characters say about Mandalorians but I think for anyone who's who's you know watched these two episodes and intrigued I would definitely tell everybody to go back and watch Clone Wars which is on Disney Plus and Rebels um, Mm -hmm. to get some more of that so to say I say all that to say that it didn't surprise me because I believe there is you know when when um he or someone else said something about, you know, Mandalorians. Oh, Nick Nolte's character said something like to him, like, hey, is it true that, you know, Mandalorians never take off their helmets? It reminded me like I've heard something like that before. So it didn't surprise mm-hmm. me. Um, and I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, eventually he is, you know, we know he is. And it's going to be a moment, you know, it's going to be something that'll um, be impactful for the narrative to see when he does take the helmet off. But I, I like the mystery that's surrounding him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like the the intrigue by other people. When he walks in the room, people are like, oh shit, that's a Mandalorian. You know, mm-hmm. the one guy, mm-hmm. Nick Nolte's character says, I've never met a Mandalorian. Um, so I like that, man. It's, you know what it is, Arthur? It's the difference for me. And I don't want to, I don't want to every, you know, time we talk about this stuff, I don't want to, you know, shit on the, um, the sequel trilogy. But this, there's a difference to me between intrigue and confusion. Obviously, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So from a, from storytelling like this, when I look at the Mandalorian, I'm intrigued. There's a lot of questions right now. We don't know um, this. This We know that this takes place seven years after Return of the Jedi. Right. OK. The Empire has fallen. Right. We know that, um, you know, 
we know that we know we know certain things from watching those original the original trilogy we know that storytelling and if you've read the books you know there's certain books to take place between um canon books to take place between return of the jedi and force awakens i think the most i haven't read any of them but i think the most no- notable one is the one about um leia which you know talks about her i think it's called bloodline which is about her you know dealing with um the fact that everybody finds out that she was she's darth vader's daughter um, as she's trying to, you know, restore order to the universe after the fall of the Empire. So but as far as what we're seeing in The Mandalorian, we don't know why he's, you know, this what happens to the Mandalorian culture, what happens to the people. There's illusions right. that there was some something called a great purge. Um, we see that he's basically taking his money and giving it back, you know, to the Mandalorian tribe when he goes, you know, mm-hmm. he hands it back to mm-hmm. like, she says something she, like, you know, armory. yeah, the armory. And she says something like, yo, this is, this is going to help out the foundlings. And he's like, yeah, I was a found. We don't know. We, these, these are, these like questions that are thrown. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. questions that are being presented in these first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest, obviously when, uh, we see Warner Herzog's character, um, mm-hmm. who gives him, you know, this bounty, this mysterious bounty, um and he walks in the room and there's stormtroopers in there and right. they look fucked up you know what i'm saying they yes look, they do yes they do <laughs> they look appropriately fucked that was a good that was that may have been my favorite scene in the first episode you know he walks in that room those stormtroopers there and they not only look fucked up they look nervous they look yeah. they look like yo we haven't eaten you know what i'm saying in 2 weeks and we you know it's like we have no calls anymore these are clones mm-hmm. remember the, these are clones who are bred for that's, battle that's right and that's now right. they just did you know order 66 told them to do x y and z and now all these years later it's all fucked up you know so mm-hmm. i you know that scene and everything going on it intrigued me it makes me want to know okay i want answers to these questions and I'm, I have an affinity now for these characters. I feel for them. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rolling with them and mm-hmm. I have a trust in these storytellers that they're going to give me answers to these questions. Um, obviously, the biggest question at the end of episode one, the when he comes up on the bounty that all this fuss is about, it's a, a baby, a 50 year old baby that is of the same race as Yoda. The first time there's two firsts. Baby in this Yoda. Episode. There's two big firsts in this episode. One. We saw our first Star Wars toilet. <laughs> Did you see? That answered a lot of questions. <laughs> you peeped that. That too. answered a lot of questions. <laughs> we saw the first toilet in, in the Star Wars universe. You know, which, on, which which did not appear to have a door. No door. It didn't look very comfortable. Um, no. But there are toilets in Star Wars universe for anybody who was wondering. Um, so we got that out the way. But then at the end of the episode, we saw we've never seen anyone of Yoda's race before. You know, we don't even know what his race is called. I don't think. We don't know what the race is called, but there was a brief glimpse in episode one of a female. Mm. Um, in the Phantom she has a name. Yeah, she sat on the council. Mm. Okay, I need to go back and you know, I mean, I'm definitely not the expert when it comes to the uh, the prequels, as probably a lot of people are not. But um, I have yeah, to go she, back and look. She sat on the council. It was a flash in the pan moment. Really? If you saw it, you saw it. If you missed it, you missed it. But you can see a female version of Yoda. Was she sitting in, next to Yoda or is she sitting someplace else? She's, she's sitting in one of the chairs. Mm. Hmm. She's sitting in one of, the, one of the council chairs. Now, if I go and look at that, it's not going to be one of those things where Lucas has changed his mind and now that version of the movie is gone forever and it's been replaced. Okay. All right. I, you I mean, know, yeah. Can hope. 
Isaac Lincoln. <laughs> but I mean, bottom line, this is, you know, but right, we right. don't know anything about Yoda's race. And it's like, so at right. the end of this episode, first episode of Mandalorian, you see that this bounty is a 50 year old baby, uh, a baby Yoda, basically. That was, oh, what the fuck? And then it's like, you know, al- already on the Internet, we've seen rumors or speculation. Does this mean, um, you know, the, the uh, they're trying to get this baby to extract some metachlorians from him and you know give them to the empire emperor and so that's what's going to happen in uh the rise of skywalker there's all types of theories out there already but the point being is that i'm intrigued i think everybody is intrigued as opposed Mm to the sequel trilogy where i'm not intrigued i'm just confused and because of the kind of haphazard storytelling i'm very not not i I don't feel involved you know there's no stakes in that for me um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of questions that I'm not really interested in knowing the answers to. So I think that's a well, big it, difference. I'm, it, it could it could be that it could be that the Mandalorian series would be a helper to kind of resolving certain things that we're we're going to see in episode nine. Mm. Um, you brought up the timeline seven years after um, the the fall of the Empire, and I think that in these films, um, time. The films, as well as the cartoon shows, as well as the Mandalorian series, that time is very important um, in this story. We know that each, we know that there's approximately twenty to twenty-five years of time that passes in between each trilogy group, mm-hmm. right? And um, with with the the rumors that have been, and, and let me say this too: part of the rumors are being are being fueled by. Dr. Phillips, who appears in episode one with the client and the four stormtroopers. Right. I don't think his name was Phillips. What was his name? Um, um, Pershing. 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 Yeah. It was Sorry. something that sounded normal. Like It's like Star Wars will do that to you. It's like they'll throw a weird name, like grief something, and then all of a sudden the next cat will be named Pershing. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. Bill? <laughs> yeah, Bill Pershing? You. Okay, yeah. What's up, Bill? Um, but yeah, he showed up and he looked real suspect. Yeah, he and and it, and it was um, revealed through um, some real attention to detail that he, on his uniform he wears a patch on on his right arm that um, that identifies him as being from Camino. Mm, right. Okay. Yeah. From uh, so he's from a cloner. Attack of the clones. Right. Yeah. So he's and, a cloner. Um, when the client says that preferably they'd want the asset brought back alive, but they'll pay less if he's brought in deceased Pershing's like whoa, whoa 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 that's not what we agreed on mm-hmm. so it's very important to to Pershing to have a live uh recovery mm-hmm. to have a live asset and at this, so at this yes point, we... that begins to fuel the rumors of is Ray a clone is Palpatine you know going to be resurrected right. and 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 all of that right and you know what see this is this is where it gets kind of a little tricky for me because I like the intrigue and the mystery as it's contained within the Mandalorian. But then when you start saying, oh, well, this is going to have implications for the Rise of Skywalker, I almost don't want Rise of Skywalker or any of the sequel trilogy to, I'm going to use this word, not for lack of a better term, to contaminate the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I agree with it's you. Like, I, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't want that. But because it's like, I, I feel like the internet rumor as far as like, yeah. You know the the assets, you know, uh, metachlorians or whatever, maybe being used for the emperor. That's intriguing, but then I'm like, I don't even want the emperor to come back, and that's that's a conversation for another show. But I don't even want to see the. I, I'm I'm kind of irritated they they're bringing them back, but 
I'm intrigued by the fact of what happened in that room, you know, in the Mandalorian when that when Dr. Pershing walks in and it's like, whoa, it's like what's what's really going on? We got stormtroopers, right. we got this bounty hunter Herzog dude, uh right. the, the, the like the client or the syndicate or whatever he represents. And then you got this dude from Camino walking in here. So what's what's going on? You know? Right. Um Herzog, man, what did you think about what you think? I I, I love the way he said Parsec. <laughs> I, I like his yeah I, I like him as an actor number one but I also like him as as a character here because you don't really know where his allegiance is mm-hmm. from a visual standpoint you could say that he is at best a um, um, a former imperial officer mm-hmm. um, or and at least a sympathizer mm-hmm. because of the company that he keeps mm-hmm he also gives the Mandalorian as a deposit um, and also as an incentive to take this job, a piece of Beskar mm, metal. Right. Okay. And that's the Mandalorian. Mandalorian steel, okay. which is, which can withstand a blaster mm-hmm. hit and can also withstand an indirect hit from a lightsaber. Mm. Um, uh, you need to watch rebels and it's kind of ironic because we just gave a whole disclaimer about how we're going to do all these, you know, we don't care about spoiling anything, but I don't want to spoil this for you, right? Well, we said we <laughs> said we're, we're going to watch Rebels because right, we're going to spoil Mandalorian, into, not Rebels. Okay, right? Yeah. You kind of need to Rebels kind of gets into into the culture of of a Mandalorian and um, even kind of 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 explains to a degree. It gives you a, a bit of a good bit of information on this purge mm-hmm. that happens. Okay, All right, but, cool. Don't say anything but, um, else. I got you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, 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 you know, so this client character is, is, is really, is really interesting. And because he says, Hey, you know, alive or dead, we'll just take him. Mm-hmm. And the doctor freaks out. Mm-hmm. That to me says, well, he's not full on Imperial because he's not running a, an, an agenda mm-hmm. that, uh, that either the Imperial, uh, that, that either the empire was running the agenda that they had, mm-hmm. you know, or wanting to continue Mm-hmm. Um, on that agenda, we don't know what he, we don't know what his what his true motives are. Right, he gives he does say um, he has that line about restoring the natural order, you know, which made me think, okay, he and he kind of repeat, kind of emphasizes it, and I'm thinking, is he talking about bringing the empire back, or what is he? What's what's up, you know? Yeah, and he he's gonna he's going to on delivery, he's gonna pay the Mandalorian, you know, a, a whatever term he used, but just a gang right. of Beskar, Beskar. Beskar right. to, to give back to because it belongs with the Mandalorian people. Right. Now, there's one thing, though, about the Mandalorian people, because after that scene, he goes, you know, the Mandalorian goes and gives the little the little um, down payment to the armory, to the, arm, the, uh, the woman in the armory, the, the Mandalorian armory. And you right. see him walk down that tunnel. You see other Mandalorians. Um, yeah. You see Mandalorian children, um, very easily identifiable because they got on mm-hmm. helmets. And then he he says, um, you know, they start talking about his past a little bit. You know, when he talks about being a foundling, he starts flashing back, you know, to what I'm guessing was the Great Purge. That's the only part of that first episode where I felt they should have spent some more money as far as those flashbacks. Those flashbacks look cheap to me. They looked Mm -hmm. like they looked like, you know, network television to me. Um, whereas they could, and you know, they didn't feel, it didn't feel like enough thought was put into how they were going to present flashbacks, but that's, that's nitpicky. But I did like the fact that, 
um, we're getting again, we're getting some more intrigue about him. Like, okay, there's more questions about what happened to him. He obviously was separated from his family. Um, and what, you know, what was his path from then that purge all the way up into this point? What part, what play, part did he play within, you know, the revolution as they're calling it? Um, mm-hmm. you know, did he, did mm-hmm. he have any part in, in, uh, overthrowing the empire or was he, you know, just doing his thing, you know, who knows, but there's, there's a lot of questions thrown out and I was kind of loving it. And I, I love the fact that the episode ended with that big moment, um, of discovering the yoga, the, the yoga, the Yoda baby. But, mm-hmm. and you think, you know, you kind of feel like, okay, they're not going to top that. That was a big moment. You know what I'm saying? To see that, that was, wow, that was crazy. Right. They right. top it in the next episode, man. Yes, they do. I'm not going to lie, Arthur. I'm going to be straight up with you, man. I kind of lost it when he used the force, bro. Yeah, Baby Yoda got real skill. <laughs> baby Yoda got real skill. But, you know, I want to just, I want to, I, 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 I want to talk a little bit about another point that you brought up, um, specifically relating to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And... And um, cloning in general, because the two prominent rumors for episode nine is Ray could be a clone Mm -hmm. um, and that Palpatine is 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 reborn Mm -hmm. in some way. Um, I'm with you. I don't really need to. I don't need to see Palpatine. I don't need to see Palpatine ever again. Other than to explain to me who Snoke was for the last two movies. Right. That chapter was closed, man. It was closed. In, in and I don't think Jedi. you need to bring him back to life to, for you to be able to tell me that. Right. Somebody, yeah, there's other ways to tell us that. There are other ways to do that. It's hard, it's hard and, for them to deny that they're not bringing him back. We haven't seen the movie yet, but it's hard for them to deny that they're not bringing him back as a appeasement for the last two yeah. films. But go ahead. I'm sorry. And if I can just jump back, you know, 60 years for a moment to talk about the whole reason for the clone army. Mm-hmm which is the whole reason for cloning to even go to Kamido mm-hmm. was that Sifo, there's that uh, master Sifo Dias saw the coming of the Sith right. and commissioned a clone army to be quickly grown mm-hmm. in or at, and at the ready of the Jedi to be able to deploy against this onslaught. Mm-hmm. That plan was discovered by Count Dooku Mm-hmm. Apprentice of Palpatine, Dooku killed Sifo Dyas, and in his name, basically took over, took over right. the clone army, inst- installed Order sixty six in the DNA. Boom, and you know, and here we are. So what I'm mm-hmm. getting to is that clones became stormtroopers, and at a certain point between the fall of the Empire and the rise of the First Order. There was a need for another army, and bear with me because I'm going on a brief tangent. But I'm going to come I'm back. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, we talk. This, this, this is these are questions I need answered to. Because so this, this gets to because this gets to Finn. Right. It's basically like the clones are they they old at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need we need a new army in order to the first order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or from an investor standpoint, we need to create another army so that we can sell mm-hmm. to whoever rises up out of the out of the fall of the empire right where did they get the children from and i said children where did they get the people from they get them by kidnapping children oh we see, see in the mandalorian and we see in the flashback okay. that the mandalorian has that his parents hit him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we see in episode seven that 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 ray is left mm-hmm. on this planet hidden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I see. Where I going. believe that Baby Yoda, being of, of that age of fifty years at the time that that it's discovered as the asset by the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that that baby was born in the Episode One time, right? But then hidden when Anakin flipped out in Episode Three and starts killing younglings. Mm-hmm. So you think that he was, if he's born in Episode One time. He was. Do you think that he was originally one of the um, uh, the Jedi Council was going to seek him out, and he was going to be one of the younglings? Do you think that he right? Was, and so, but before that, before they actually he actually got to the Jedi Temple, he was. This was when uh, uh, Anakin flipped out, so they hit him. That's right. So that's right. That's, because because throughout because because after that happens, mm-hmm. after Anakin slays the what's assumed to be the entirety of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan escapes. Mm-hmm. Yoda escapes. Right? Right. But the only person that... Oh, man, I'm jumping around so much. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, just, no, no, just no. Stay no. with me for Yoda, a second. Yoda escapes. We know Yoda escapes. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan escapes. There were some other Jedi. And in the there com- were some the, other in Jedi. In the comic books, you know, um, not only Vader, but I forgot the name of the uh, the uh, the group that's um, commissioned by the Empire to go, at, go out there and, and capture these other Jedi. Um, they commissioned it to go do that. So there are other Jedi, but to your point, if this, if baby Yoda was born around episode one, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was like 50 years ago, according to where we're at in the Mandalorian time period. So that all, that all gels up. That makes sense. Right. And if you, and when you watch rebels and this isn't a spoiler, but when you watch rebels, two of the main characters, uh, Kane and Jairus mm-hmm. is a Jedi. Right. I do know that. Right. And he's training, Ezra Bridger, who has force powers and training him as his apprentice. So there, there are other, there are other, there's there are other, other force powered right. individuals out there. Right. Ahsoka being another one right. who's she, in exile. And she, too. yeah, Ahsoka gets, Ahsoka gets a pass because she technically is not a Jedi of the Jedi order because um, right. she walked away. So, right. Yeah. But see, here's the thing, though, man. Here's what got me in episode two. And I don't mean to interrupt, but here I just gotta say this That's real okay. quickly. It's because but you see what I'm saying? That's where you get Finn from. That's where you get this if this, they, this, listen, this human. If they can make it make sense, if they can make Finn's because I've always said that him walking away from this whole, you know, whatever because really they haven't even explained the new stormtroopers. All they it was kind of like an aside that they're, you know, recruited as children or whatever. That's I think it was Phasma that said that in uh uh, uh episode seven. I think she said that. Um, but they really haven't explained it fully. Like where, did, to your point, where did this new army come from, and how did Finn walk away from them? You know, what I'm saying how right. was he able to do that? And I, I thought it was because he was force, because he was a uh, force sensitive, and he used the force to walk away. But who knows? Anyway, right. in second episode of Mandalorian, when that moment happens, when the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is, is is about to get killed. He's accepted the fact that he's about to get killed by that beast, whatever that thing mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Takes out his dagger you know points his dagger at that beast and lowers his head as if you know he knows nothing is, he knows that dagger ain't gonna do nothing at that point and he's kind of like he's not even looking he's you know he puts his head down as he's accepted his fate dude the moment that 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 beast stopped and i realized mm-hmm. what was happening i kind of i, I kind of blew my cool a little bit i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> i was like yeah. and the and the whole thing was yeah. that this is i felt like you know what i should have got this excited when ray used the force you know what I'm saying? It should have been uh-huh. that in that mood, but I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It was like I wasn't uh-huh. that. But here in these two episodes of The Mandalorian, somehow 
through their little that little tiny details in, of of the narrative of the storytelling, they right. made me excited to see this little baby Yoda use the Force, and it was like holy shit. The, you know, what well, you got like, you got signs of something like that was going to happen earlier in that episode because when episode two, I should say chapter two because they go by chapters right. in the Mandalorian. Right. In the beginning of chapter two, when when he's escorting out the uh, baby Yoda in that in that canyon, mm-hmm. and he gets jumped by those three bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's cut on his arm. Oh, and Yoda, little baby. And on Yoda two occasions, baby Yoda jumps out. Jumps out <laughs> right, of the it's like no, I can, I can hover, help you. Hover crib, and, <laughs> and he's trying to touch him. Right, right. It's like, dude, I can help you with that. Like, I got you. I got you. Right, it's right. like he shoes so him away. Like, no, up, man, I right. got you. So you know something's up with him, right? But did you get? Did you feel it the way I felt when baby Yoda used the Force? It was like, oh yeah, I felt oh, like yeah. the Force is back, and it was like, wait a minute, the Force. I, I should have felt this way some years ago when I saw the Force Awakens, but I didn't. When Ray but didn't tells, I tell you we were going to see the force? That, and that's that. Okay, that's the other part. Didn't it's, I tell you we were going to see the you force? Said it, we might I, not see a lightsaber. Right. I, you know what? I didn't. I never said. I don't think I ever said we weren't going to see the force. I had no idea it would happen this early in the series. I thought it would be mm-hmm. you know episode eight. You know what I'm saying? And it's like mm-hmm. oh the force existing for it to jump off in episode two, chapter two. Uh-huh. Excuse me, in chapter mm-hmm. two, that was a complete surprise. And I love the way they did it. And I loved that when the camera swung back on baby Yoda, he had the same look on his face that Yoda had when he lifted the uh, uh, Luke's uh, uh, the, X-Wing. The, his X-Wing. Out of the, you know what I'm saying? That kind of like yeah. eyes closed, like you swaying to the beat of, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> he was like, he was just, <laughs> you know, it's like he was at, you know, a Frankie Beverly like, concert. That's the way of the world playing right. in the background like, or something. He was just feeling it, you know, and his head swaying and stuff. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. You know, it's, Yoda's just feeling it when he uses the force. You know, that's how he gets down. So I that kind of, um, connection, you know what I'm saying, to, you know, just from a vi- from a visual standpoint, it was just, it was a moment, man. And I was like, this yeah. is the way that we should have felt in uh, uh, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, you know, it didn't feel, it felt forced as far as the way she used the Force, the fact that she told the guard or whatever, you know, you don't want to do this. You don't. She did the whole Obi-Wan thing. And it's like, who taught you how to do all that? Like, you know, like yeah. I can just see you maybe using the force kind of like an abstract way, yeah. but the way they did it, it was just, it was a little generic, but anyway, I don't, I, I don't want to always, you know, shit on the trilogy or the sequel trilogy. So that to me though, that it, it did surprise me that again, that they were able to trump themselves, you know, that they had a mm-hmm. big reveal in episodes, chapter one, then chapter two, um, they trumped themselves with the use of the force. Um, yeah. But ultimately I don't, I don't, I don't see yet why, I need a reason for them to need to start cloning people. Yeah, at this point. I, you know what? And I'm Does that make sense? I, I agree completely. And I'm wondering if this every because like we like we talked about before, everybody is assuming that this is going to ladder up into um, Rise of Skywalker. I'm wondering if this is instead going to um, connect back because it would be backwards, but connect mm-hmm. backwards to the upcoming Obi One um, series. You know, mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, but I, it, it, I, I, again, I'm, I'm feeling more confident about the question or the answers that we're going to get from the Mandalorian, as opposed to waiting for answers from Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. 
if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel more so like I, I want these answers to come through the Mandalorian. I'm not sure I want to see, oh, well, this is why the Emperor is here. Or this is why, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know mm-hmm. about all that because mm-hmm. there's been so much, there's been so much, so many, so much lack of storytelling within the trilogy, the sequel trilogy that yeah. I don't want that to, you know, again, for lack of a better term, I don't want it to, to contaminate what I'm seeing happening in the Mandalorian. Well, if it does, and I, I believe that it will, I believe that there's going to be some kind of connection that when that if you've seen The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that by the time you get in the theater to see episode nine, you're going to be like, oh, right. it's like there's going to be some stuff that you just right. have some familiarity with. Right. Familiarity is cool, but big answers, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm hoping that it's done in the same way that um, in the Matrix trilogy, the the Animatrix mm-hmm. that took place between the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded, these these short animated um, um, vignettes, mm, right? You know, were done that are referred to in places in Reloaded. Mm-hmm. But you don't, have, you you don't have. But to if you never saw, them. yeah. But it's yeah. but it's not like you need to see that in order for you to even understand what's going on in the in the film. And itself. that's you know that's a really quick point I want to make because I know we got to move on. But really quickly, I gotta say I feel like this series, The Mandalorian. I have a. I feel like if you're a Star Wars head, you're going to love this. You know, right. especially if you are, like I said, able to open yourself up to something that is not exactly like the prequels, the original ser- trilogy or the or the um, the sequel trilogy. Right. But I, I have to say, I struggle to see if you are not into Star Wars. I really don't see you giving this show any time um, unless you are just you like Westerns, maybe if you like the feel of old Westerns. Mm-hmm. But I just this 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 is not so much that this show feels like inside baseball because it doesn't because I feel like if you from the first episode you get the basic structure of this narrative is okay we got a bounder honey about about a honey bounder mm. bounty hunter who needs money um, he gets you know not gypped but he gets you know less for a job than he wants he gets offered a very lucrative job right. um, at the end of uh, there's a big fight blah 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 blah. And oh, oh, shit, it's a baby. So I can't let this droid kill this Mm -hmm. baby. I got to kill the droid and I got to protect this baby and find out why everybody wants this baby. So anybody can connect to that story. You know what I'm saying? If you if you like, you know, narrative, if you like sci fi or uh, science, fantasy, whatever, you can connect to this story. But I still feel like this is a show that's really. I don't know, man. I just can't see the people who go see, you know, Rise of Skywalker wanting to watch this as well. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be a lot of people like, uh, I'm not into Star Wars like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm cool. I'll go see the big mm-hmm. movies and eat popcorn and, you know, won't know what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on. But, you know, it's it's cool because it's a Star Wars movie and it's just something to do in, in uh, every Christmas. But I struggle to see how people are going to really dive into Mandalorian. Really quickly, though, I want to ask you before we move on. How did it feel to see the Jawas again? We haven't seen them, have we? Since uh, we hadn't seen them, we haven't I, seen I never them. liked it. Yeah, other than, other liked than the Jawas. animated stuff, we haven't seen them. I never, I never liked the Jawas. <laughs> and when my man was climbing up the side of the the side of the transport, and he was flinging them out the ring and throwing fire in their face and all of that, uh-huh. I, I was like, I was like, get them, <laughs> get them. <laughs> Nobody loves the Jawas. Okay. Also, really quickly, what was your? What do you have a favorite line from the first two episodes? Um, I know we didn't prepare for this. This is off the off the dome. Yeah, um, I got two. I'll give you two. You want me to give you my two? Yeah, go ahead. My I got one obvious one, but the other the the, the one I really liked was early on when he says, "You know, I can bring you in warm. 
I can bring you a cold. That was a dope. That was straight out of a Western. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. just, that was an Eastwood line basically. But uh, the obvious one is I loved uh, Nick Nolte's <laughs> character. Um, I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. motherfucker, this conversation is over. It's like, yeah. I, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I have spoken. I love that line. Um, all right. You want to move on? We got to move on. You know, we're almost out of time, but there's one thing, another topic I want to touch on quickly that we can actually, we can come back to in a future show, but something really interesting happened last week. And I wanted to touch on this. Um, in the news, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson announced, um, I mean, it's been going on for like two, three years now, so it wasn't a really big surprise, but he made it official that he is going to be um, starring as Black Adam in an upcoming Black Adam movie for DC, for the DCEU. Um, Black Adam being the anti-hero slash villain slash nemesis of Shazam. So what mm-hmm. the interesting thing that happened, though, is that I think I I think either I text you about it or you text me about it. And you then, sent me the Instagram. Okay, I sent you the Instagram post, and then you text me back, and you said something. I'm paraphrasing, but you said something along the lines of, um, basically, okay, now we're going to see The Rock play a black, straight out all black, you know, black character with no ambiguity. yeah, an acknowledged black character, an acknowledged right. black character, and that was mad interesting to me. The reason it's mad interesting to me is because of Black Adam's very ambiguous um, racial identity. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly, we don't have a lot of time. We'll dive into this some more in the future, but very quickly, um, Black Adam was is a character that was created in 1945 um, as a you know again a villain or a nemesis to Shazam, and his origin has changed greatly like throughout the you know the last whatever how many years and. Originally, he was, you know, this pharaoh from ancient Egypt um, who the Shazam wizard granted these powers to. Then he became in one incarnation, um, I think in the 70s, he was a warrior in ancient Egypt um, who was granted these powers. And then he at some point, he even they got rid of the Egypt thing. They just created a fictional um, North African country and made him mm-hmm. the ruler of that. And still this wizard gave him these powers. So the constant, though, is that. Black Adam, you know, either was corrupted um, by some sort of demon or he used his powers for uh, vengeance, um, as was. Did you see the Shazam movie that came out earlier this year? I did. Okay, so you remember in the beginning, early parts of that movie, um, when the wizard, uh, uh, Jaman Hansu, is talking to Billy Batson and he says, you know, listen, we've given um, the Shazam powers to a mortal before. And mm-hmm. he fucked up. Basically, he used his powers for vengeance and killed, you know, mm-hmm. millions of people. And they mm-hmm. showed he was demonstrating it like through this hologram. So you could see that character. That was Black Adam. You know, that's what okay. he's talking about. Um, so there's been all these incarnations. But the interesting part is that this is, you know, th- this is a character that is rooted um, in African culture, mm-hmm. North African culture, specifically mm-hmm. Egypt and in this other made up country. Created in 1945, though. So at that point in time, as is pretty much the same almost uh, in most corners of um, um, storytelling and especially Hollywood narrative now, we, you know, most people regard or the the storytellers regard um, Egyptians as basically being Europeans with dark hair. You know, Um, they aren't Africans. They're they're white people with dark hair. That's basically how they that's how they're presented. And so if you go back and look at those comics, um, images of those comics, that's what Black Adam was. 
Um, mm-hmm. Although he was from Egypt, he was a white man with dark hair. His name was Teth Adam, and then he was Mighty Adam, and then when he, you know, got corrupted, he became Black Adam. So what's interesting to me is that, again, we have this very negative connotation um, associated with the word Black or Dark. Um, so when mm-hmm. you go evil, you become Black um, or mm-hmm. Dark. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering, when I saw your text, I'm wondering, wow, I wonder how many other people are going to think that this is, you know, this is a Black character um, which essentially he is, but he ain't, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, For all the right. wrong reasons, you know, it's like, it's, it's a very convoluted kind of past. And I'm wondering how are they going to handle this within the film? Or are they going to, because I, I was thinking maybe they would change his name to Dark Adam or something like that, even though to me the same, they got the same connotations around the word dark, the, the negative connotations mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have around the mm-hmm. word dark within Western culture at least that, you know, is not black Adam, you know, cause I'm wondering how many people are going to think that the rock is playing a brother, yeah. which he is, but he ain't. Right. <laughs> so, um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I admit, I mean, I, when I, when I first saw the Instagram post, I did, I, I, you know, I read, I hit you right back and I was just thinking, you know, it's ironic that this would be the rocks first acknowledged <laughs> black role, black role in a which film, it is. you know, but it ain't. But it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> the brother, you're like, hold on, wait a minute. Okay, so this is a, a, a brother from ancient Egypt. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so it's a black man. No. No. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm confused. How, what's going on? Um, so, you know, did they, here's the question, though. Did they get the rock for this role because they want to maintain racial ambiguity? You know what I'm saying? Are they, are they is, is how is the rock going to play this character? Is he going to play when we see ancient Egypt? If they show his origins in this film, are we going to see, um, you know, the ancient Egypt that Hollywood is constantly presented, which mm-hmm. is basically, like I said, Europeans with dark hair, or are they going to actually show what ancient Egypt looked like? And if so, is the rock going to lean in, lean into that, or is he leaning the other way, or they're not even going to mention race? Is this going to be one of those? superhero films where they don't mention race yeah well the even in in his accompanying the image that 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 he posted to instagram i mean the the rock and i'm um i'm i'm summarizing i'm not even necessarily going to paraphrase but you know he was he's been wanting to play a character like this he's been wanting to be a superhero Mm -hmm. in the mold of a superman Mm -hmm. and um this character you know allows him to be to not have to be um um you know, to to walk the line of truth and justice. You know, there can be some variance in his, you know, in his personality. And I um I guess I just have a problem not with Dwayne Johnson. I, I've given his movies a lot of money. Um <laughs> you know, and I like him on screen. Right. Um I just don't like I've never liked like I I never liked Bizarro Superman. Mm-hmm. I've never liked Venom. Mm. I've never liked, you know, and, and I mean, even though it's the first time that I actually heard of, you know, Black Adam or Dark Adam, I don't like this one because it's like this alternate, this alt Shazam right, thing. Version and, Shazam, the, the dark version of Shazam, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's like, with all the supervillains that are are created, what is what is this yin yang obsession with certain superheroes? I, I can't remember, you know, a dark or a black Batman in that way. 
No, um, that's I mean that's essentially that's the Joker though. But I get your point. There's not there's Azrael and there's other you know characters. But I get your point. Yeah, you know because I mean it's kind of confusing enough. Mm-hmm. And if this is a tie-in to the Shazam movie, which I certainly could see because I enjoyed it and it was a successful film, mm-hmm. then that makes sense from you know a sequel. Right, uh, uh, you know, standpoint. Right, I, but otherwise, it's not. I, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't get the value mm-hmm. on on top of everything else that you just said. Right about how this is, <laughs> you know, fictionalized Egypt with some people that weren't even there at the time when all this stuff was supposed to take place. Right. I. You know what? It is a trope. It is a is is a comic book trope. The superhero trope. The antithesis. You know, antithetical. Um, you know, hero, you know, or villain, I should say. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm not as mad about it as you are in that that regard, and I'm actually more intrigued by Black Adam because I I don't know a lot about the character. Everything I've just you know told you today is stuff I researched. I didn't I haven't read a bunch of uh, comics you know with him featured in it, but I am intrigued by him because of he walks that that line between you know mm-hmm. um, honor and you know dishonor and truth and lies and you know. He, you know, he's driven by vengeance. He's driven. He's basically, you know what, uh, whatchamacallit, um, okay, and I read this article in Den of Geek, and let me give this this writer credit. Um, Mark Buxton from Den of Geek said, he, he described yeah. him, I think, perfectly. Um, he said he's that Black Adam is Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher. Black mm-hmm. Adam is Frank Castle with the powers of six gods. So yeah. you know how, okay. how, you know, how intriguing character the Punisher is. So mm-hmm. imagine the Punisher, but, you know, able to kick Superman's ass. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. we have with Black Adam. So I'm intrigued from that point of view. I'm just, you know, like I say, your text and then my research about his racial um, history. Ambiguity. And, yeah, his, his ambiguity <laughs> and the fact, the lack of, the lack of, um, I don't want to say concern, but of scrutiny, you know, or even discussion mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact and the negative connotation around the word black that Western culture has, you know, and the brother went, he went rogue. So he's black Adam, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, it, you know, they, these are all things that I don't know if they're going to address in the film. And to your point, if this is a direct sequel or a tie in to the Shazam movie, I'm almost positive they're not going to address any of this because the tone of that Shazam movie, I enjoyed it, too. But it was yeah. very much a almost a throwback to the early 2000s. Um, like Spider, uh, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 1 type films, you know, those mm-hmm. type of superhero films. Mm-hmm. It was different in tone than, say, uh, Winter Soldier or um, Logan or um, Dark Knight or any of those type of things. You know, it was very different in tone, yeah. which I'm, I'm I'm cool with, you know, because I think that we need that diversity as far as... Um, these superhero films, these unreal movies, we need a lot of diversity. So people, you know, if you don't dig this, you can go check that out. Um, but I don't see if this is if if Black Adam is that same tone, then they ain't addressing the fact that the brother has, you know, uh, uh, a, a, he's called Black Adam when it's not about his race. It's about his his soul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like they're not addressing all that stuff. Um, they're not addressing any of the ambiguity or the. Um, disinformation is evolved with, you know, how Egyptian people or ancient Egyptians are characterized in Western culture. They're not doing none of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I won't, dis- I won't dismiss it, you know, just, just on spec. Um, I regard Dwayne Johnson as an actor who is um, um, very aware of his image. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't think that he would, 
I, I don't think that he would move forward with, the, with this project without having some form of this kind of discussion internally mm-hmm. as there as the, as 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 production moves forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so, we, you know, we'll we, we, we just we'll just have to see. Right. He did. Um, what's the folk uh, the folk story about the brother on the railroad um, worked on the railroad till he died? Um, uh, Henry. um you know what I'm talking about. I will get to it next yeah. episode. But he, John Henry, John, John Henry. Henry, John Henry. So he did. I think he signed on to a project where he would portray John Henry, and there was a lot of pushback from Twitter, um, mm-hmm. basically saying mm-hmm. like John Henry was, you know, a, a brown skin or dark skin black man, and this, that, and the third. And how can you play? You know, a lot of that type of stuff. So, yeah. and he hasn't. I don't think he's even mentioned that project since then. So I'm not sure if that, you know, that feedback um, scared him off, but. You know, it's 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 a for someone like him who wants to he's the Michael Jordan of film. You know, he wants to appeal to every demographic, you know, what I'm saying. And for someone like him to dip his toe into anything that has any type of, you know, racial sensitivity or can be racially charged, as as they mm-hmm. say, um, I just don't see it happening. You know, what I'm saying so it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. So, listen, actually, let's let's end it on a cliffhanger. I know we're out of time. Let's end it on a cliffhanger and see what listeners what you guys think about this whole um uh, the announcement of the black adam movie and everything we just talked about um we definitely want to hear from you guys so tweet us hashtag and mad unreal um so we can talk about it again on a future show because this is the movie comes out i think in 2021 so we'll definitely have more mm-hmm. opportunities to dive into this and let's be real a lot of other podcasts and media outlets are not going to talk about this um so we need to talk about it um, so let's dive into that and then also hit us up what you think about the first two episodes of Mandalorian um, we're going to be doing recaps throughout the season and then we're doing that huge you know all Star Wars show on January 1st I'm looking forward to that I, 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 I'm looking forward to uh, chapter 3 because I believe that I don't believe that the Mandalorian is going to deliver the asset. I think he's going to hedge his bet in order to be able mm. to find out more information on what the motives are mm. of the client. So we're going to have to see about that. Yeah, his 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 um his loyalties are definitely going to be coming come into conflict because he's loyal to his you know his tribe and they're dependent upon him to bring him bring in that uh what do you call it Beskar Beskar whatever the steel yeah Beskar um mm-hmm. yeah so his loyalties going and then also what I'm looking forward to is that all these characters we haven't met yet. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I thought the I actually thought the asset was uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Esposito's character. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be playing like a. I thought the well, he's the he's a moth. Okay, all right. I, yeah, because I thought he was going to. Uh, I thought he was going to be in early on, like maybe episode one or two as well. But so it surprised me we haven't seen so many of the characters that we know are coming up um, mm-hmm. from all the media stuff they did this summer. And so I'm, I'm excited to see them arrive within these next six episodes. So cool. Um, where can people find you online, bro? Uh, Twitter is best at a R R T H U R R. Um, find me at Isaac Perry on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, check out our other shows, check out snobs on film, check out, uh, the music snobs, uh, catalog available at snobs on film.com, the music snobs.com. Look us up on Twitter, Instagram, um, follow all that. And, uh, as always keep it real. Ooh, shit. I fucked that up. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep it real. Keep it unreal.